This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This is the Annie Fry Show. It is the big, huge, award-winning, crazy day after Christmas Annie Fry Show. It's Mike Elam sitting in for Annie today. Otherwise, Annie had a uh, just a, a big, crazy Christmas, and her voice dropped quite a bit. So I'm here. Uh, Lee is here running the board today, and Wiggins is here making sure that I don't screw everything up and run the complete audience. That's off. what I always do is That's I just it. try to keep the show on track. You know, you, you've been doing that for me in a number of ways for probably over 20 years, <laughs> just trying to make sure that Mike Elam doesn't come in and, and completely throw things off the track. That's true. That's it's going to be fun today. Did you have a good Christmas? Yeah, I had a really good Christmas so far, although we're not done. Um, <clears throat> my brother's out of town, so... We're celebrating a, a lot of our Christmas still at the end of this week. Uh, so this is a weird week for us because it's kind of this, the, the in-between Christmas moments for us. But, uh, yeah, it's been great so far. So you said you're, like, in the middle, so everybody comes to your house. At, for Christmas, my wife's family is all actually still at our house right now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, We haven't run them away yet. No, they're they're doing some shopping, maybe out listening to us actually right now. I don't know. Hey. Um, doing some after Christmas shopping. I actually tried to do that this morning. I went to a couple stores thinking, oh, I'm going to get some deals. I went too early, and a lot of the stores, they hadn't like marked everything down yet oh so they still had the old stuff so they still had old all prices. the christmas stuff but i would go to ring it up and they're like oh i know this is gonna be on sale but we haven't actually put it on sale yet so that's you a mistake on my back part. after i think maybe yeah so, th- at three o'clock i'm gonna head out <laughs> then i'm gonna go go to is, dollar general is this like all the old uh christmas stuff yeah it's all the wrapping paper and okay. a lot of candy you yeah know, that's what i'm kind of most interested in lord I and do not need any more sweets. I don't either, but when they're 50% off and it's like the really good Ghirardelli caramel-filled stuff, I'm okay. like, ooh, I didn't get any of that yet. That stuff will last for years. Yeah, that so too. That's okay. Yeah, you can still eat that in April. We had so much sweets that it, it was like diabetic coma training ground. Like, here we go. Have you ever wanted to be a diabetic? Come to the Elam household because we've got all the sweets you'd ever need to put you and your family in a diabetic coma. Yeah, and I am a diabetic now. So, 
<laughs> Just so you know, it happened about this time last year. We had fantastic stuff, but it was like my wife went out to buy I, I don't know what this loaf is called. It's basically like you take a cake and you roll it up, and then they put a whole bunch of icing over the top of it. So is it a Christmas roll? Yes, it's some sort of roll, but I yeah. I wasn't sure. But it's like a, a cake. Like, it's a log. Yeah, it's a Christmas log. That's what they call them. So I have a Christmas log. So it was red velvet cake with um, the, the sour, not sour cream, the uh, cream cheese icing, all rolled up, and then a whole other thing of icing over the top with that. Well, while she had that, then she went and bought, um, they had these cupcakes, really nice-looking cupcakes, uh, all dressed up, you know, fancy stuff on the top. So they had a special on those, so she bought those. And then we just had, I had a, a client of mine who gave me this tower of chocolate. I swear it was 10 boxes of all kinds of different chocolate whatever, right? So we had that, and then everybody else brought their other stuff, and Lord, it was a lot. That's great. Our chat is blowing up yelling Yule Log at you. Thank you. That's, Thank you. That's, that's what, what I was looking for. I See, that's the great part about any Fry audience. They're so interactive, and they're very smart, and they know what's going on, and they can answer questions just like that. So my dad is still here. He's going to be with us all week. Uh, I posted a picture on Facebook. It's our third year, third Christmas that we have posted this. Four generations of the Elam men. So we have my dad, me, my son, and my grandson all together. Because uh, Kaysen was born in November, so it's actually his third Christmas. But that was cool. We had a, a three kids, all under six, running around the house yesterday. And uh, I think my dad at some point's like, Time for me to go upstairs and take a nap. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to lay down for a little while. There's a little too much energy in the room for me. But it was great. We had 17 at our house. Wow. Yeah. So it, it was great. We used to put the kids were at the kitchen table and the adults were at the dining room table. The kids outnumber the adults now. So they've started getting married, have significant others, uh, having kids. So they're kind of taking over. Uh, I'm curious if we're going to start doing a split Christmas like you were talking about, because we're getting to that point because mm -hmm. everybody kind of did. My daughter-in-law's family did Christmas Eve and then we did Christmas Day and we kind of moved through like that. And then they all left and went to their families uh, for the evening. So in both sides of my wife and my family right now, our kids are the only grandkids. OK, so they are. Very spoiled. <laughs> they they're gonna get a ton of presents. They love it. I mean, they they relish every moment of it. Um, but I I've realized, and I I know that we we have kind of a shorter segment to open the show because we, we got Blaine and Luke Meyer coming up uh, in the next segment, and you guys are gonna talk about the U.S. House. I'll probably stick around for that. That'd be great. Um, but I I realized two things this Christmas season. What's that? One is that my kids are now old enough. They're not. My oldest are nine. And my wife and others, they keep talking about this trying to sort of capture Christmas, where, they, where they're trying to experience everything good about the season all at once, Ooh. and they almost feel like they're missing it because they're not getting everything right. You know what I mean? That's a lot. It, it's, it's, a, it's an undue pressure yeah. because the, the sweetness of those moments really comes after the fact when you look back at them. Yes. When you're in the middle of them, you can't analyze it. Otherwise, it ruins it. You're right. It's like you can't 
observe a test while it's happening. You know, it's like <laughs> you have to step away, and then once it happens, and you, you, oh, that was great. Like we had a great Christmas Eve, even with my grandma at uh, my cousin's house. Very brief because my family was here. Like I said, so we went over there just real briefly, and it had it was two hours. We had a great time, and in the moment. I didn't want to acknowledge, oh, I'm having a good time right now. Right. It was afterwards I said, that was really fun. <clears throat> and I'm realizing that even my nine-year-olds are doing that, like, oh, I want to relish Christmas. It's like they're, they're trying to grab it right. and hold it, <clears throat> and you can't quite do that. And I appreciate the fact of trying to acknowledge the moment of where you are, right? Yeah. I, I want to make sure I don't miss it, right? And I, I think that's probably what they're trying to do. But I think your point is well taken. If you, if you try and do that, you're going to miss it. Yes. We ended up, my my niece brought a game uh, that they played last night, and it, it's called Blank Something. Somebody in, in your the, the listener group is going to know, because anti-fry listeners, like I said, they know everything. So all you do is you line, you, you get everybody these little it's cards. It's called Blank Something? It's called Blank Something. That's the name of the <laughs> oh, game. Oh, that's the real name. That's oh, you're not, name. like, forgetting no, the name. That's okay. the real name of the game. So it's... Um, it has one word that is blank put with another word. So it could be egg blank. And then you have to write down only one word. It can't be a phrase. can only be one word. So if I said egg blank, you would say egg. Souffle. Beautiful. Leah would say egg. Cited. Sand- sandwich. Oh. What? So I would have said. Cited. Oh. Egg cited. Oh, I see. Ah. That's why he's here on a holiday week. Hey, that's why I get paid so much. I would have said egg roll. Right. Okay. So if we would have matched, then whoever ha- whoever matched gets points. And there's a whole thing where you keep track of who wins. And it's got these little uh, markers that are erasable markers. And it's got a little eraser on the other end. So they were sitting at the table playing that game yesterday. And it was one of those moments that I walked in on it after it was going on. And then I got to play a little bit later. But I think I enjoyed the watching more than the playing, mm-hmm. just because of what you were saying. I got the chance to sit back and see 10 or 12 of just my family members and extended family members all sitting around the table, just having a great time with each other. And they were they were bonding, and they were talking smack with each other. Of That's a stupid answer. Why would you say that? Or why didn't you say this? Then we should have matched. Or, oh, my gosh, how can we be married? We never match on anything. Mm-hmm. So it, it was just great being in the moment and watching your family be together. And it's one of those kind of things where I've had Christmases where it was just us. Like, we couldn't get together with everybody else. And you miss those moments. So it's great when you can get together. And I, I feel for anybody who had that other Christmas this year where they weren't able to get together and they weren't able to spend that time. But I think you need to have those Christmases to appreciate the other Christmases, mm-hmm. right? Because a lot of times, if, if you always have your family with you and you're always together, then you kind of take it for granted and you don't get the chance to really appreciate it. But once you miss it and you get the chance to get it back again, then you really appreciate it in a way that you should have before, but you probably didn't get a chance. I mean, it's, it's actually a pretty good life lesson. You know, you, you can't have mountaintop experiences all the time. Yeah. Otherwise, you're on a plateau. Yeah, you've got to have <laughs> valley to have mountaintops, right? Yeah, you got to go through the tough stuff to get to the good stuff. That's the way life is. Uh, that that less, I'll add that to my lessons list. Okay. I, the first one was don't try to grab Christmas so hard 
that you you lose it. Right. The second one is you got to have you got to have valleys to have mountains. You do. The last one that I learned, and I know we got to wrap here, That's is okay. that everybody's so focused on microplastics being a problem, but I think that macro plastics are really the problem. Because I was just eating some charcuterie in my office before we came in here, and I was cutting through. You know, you don't open a sausage; you just cut right through it. Yes. And I, I think I ate a whole piece of plastic. <laughs> And I, I, I felt something go down, and I thought either that sausage was not right or that was a big piece of the wrapping. So I, well, that, you, that was my you know third what lesson. They say, this too shall pass. <laughs> that's, and that's why you're a host. <laughs> Great go. job. Eventually it'll get there. <laughs> right. Hey, we're, we've got a lot uh, to do today. So we're going we're gonna to have some fun today. We're going to talk to uh, Matt Pauley later on. He's going to talk a little bit about sports. Because as my dad said, I would come to the station with you today, but I think there's a bowl game on. (laughs) (laughs) It's priorities, Dad. I get that. Uh, Jim Carafano is going to join us next hour. We're going to talk with John Weeman a little bit later on as well. But next, we are going to talk with Congressman Blaine Luktemeyer. There is a lot of stuff that's been going on in D.C. I know you probably missed all of it. Blaine will catch us up on the other side. It's the Annie Fry Show. My name is Mike Elam. Sitting in today... Thanks for joining us on St. Louis's home for conservative talk. 97.1 FM Talk. And spring so we're waiting to join us. Hopefully he will join us here in just a little bit. Although I, I really didn't mean to kill uh, that song. At, 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 well, Leah at could that. bring it back so, at any point yeah. if she wants She'd, to. It's you still know, going. I can. I just. There you go. <laughs> they, had a, they had a COVID version of this, right? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's Don't Touch Me. Oh, yeah. I Won't Touch touch You. You gotta love it. It's COVID Caroline. Don't touch me. Okay. You gotta love it. I didn't say it was funny. I was just saying that that it was there. So uh, I am texting while we're doing this um, just to make sure that we can try and make everything work at the same time. So... Uh, have you seen all of the stuff that's going on at the border with in terms of just the the pure migration of people that has been showing up? So I was seeing a thing that said since Wednesday uh, of last week, they have had 53,000 people cross the border. 53,000. So stop and think about this for a second. This This just gives you an idea of where I come from. So St. Charles County has been the fastest growing county in the state of Missouri for the last 25 years, right? The last 10 years, we added 60,000 people in a decade, right? Okay. According to the census, just over 60,000 over the last 10 years, just in St. Charles County. That's the fastest growing county in Missouri. That made us the fastest growing in 10 years. I think I see where you're going with this. We've added almost that in less than a week. So we're averaging almost 10,000 people a day that are coming across the U.S. border right now. And it's one of those kind of things where you start saying, at what point are they going to admit that this is a problem and start doing it? Well, I saw that the U.S. House is talking about they're finally going to look at uh, uh, impeaching Mayorkas and because Mayorkas keeps telling everybody, no, things at the border are good. Like, we're secure. How can you say that? How can you possibly, legitimately, honestly, 
look yourself in the mirror and say, no, the border is secure. When you have that many people who's coming across. Yeah, I think we've really gotten to the point in U.S. politics. And I'm going to say it's because it's not as if politicians on both sides have never done this. But at this point, it really is mostly Democrats doing it, maybe just because they control the White House right now. But you remember old movies, how old movies and TV shows, Westerns and stuff, you always knew who the good guy was and the bad guy. Right. And the bad guy would say things like, I hate people and I want to go rob <laughs> things, you know? Yeah. Like, it was just so blunt. And then as <laughs> art yeah, right. has, has art has progressed, it's become more nuanced where you're watching like a show like Dexter where you're like, am I watching the protagonist or the antagonist? I right. don't really know, you know? Like, and, is he really a bad guy? I mean, he is yeah. killing people. So, that, would, that would tend to be the bad guy. Yeah, and so there's a lot of uh, questioning morality with within characters, which makes art more interesting right but it also is less clear what's good and bad we've gotten to the point now where we've come so full circle that primarily democrats will just say out loud you know what i think i'm gonna do i think i'm just gonna go lie now (laughs) like it's it's the nuance is gone we're back to the old days where they're so blunt about their lies that it doesn't even matter because you know these guys are bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> these are the bad guys. And it, it's it's not by part. It really shouldn't be by party. And that's why you see so many Democrats criticizing them on even these issues is because it's just bad. You're lying. Everybody knows it. You're doing bad things for the country for apparently your own good. Right. And everybody can see it. I guess in a sense it's good. But it's bad that they don't recognize that they're the bad guys when they're doing it. You have the mayor of Chicago who was talking about over the weekend the problem with the illegals that are showing up in Chicago is the governor of Texas. Yeah, yes. You you got the problem right. Right. You almost got there. But but you're blaming the wrong guy. And I keep watching on, on Fox and I think uh, the congressman just joined us. But I keep watching on Fox where they show all these reports coming from the border. And Bill Malugin does an amazing job down there talking with all these guys as they come in. And it's like, hey, you just got here. Where do you want to go? New York, California, Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. I'm like, why? Have you been to Chicago? Because somebody needs to let you know. You probably really don't want to go to Chicago. I don't want to go to Chicago. Like, I'm afraid to go yeah, to right. Chicago. Yeah. I can't that's just on your, That's on your script. That's what you've been told to say. That's what you're going to do. You're going to exactly. claim asylum, and then you're going to go to Philadelphia. It, it's just crazy when you start looking at, at all of the things that are going on there. But uh, Congressman Luktemeyer is joining us now. Congressman, how are you? I'm well today, Mike. How are you? I'm Merry Christmas good. to you. Merry Christmas to you. It's good to talk to you. I I was just... Ryan and I were, were just talking about all of the crossings that are coming across the border <laughs> and all of the problems that that is uh, spinning off for us. And I know you just had a forum at Mizzou uh, back on, what, the 18th, where you... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We're talking about what the fentanyl crisis is doing to our country. Yeah, it's all related. Um, you know, it starts with China that sells the precursors or the ingredients to make fentanyl to the cartels in Mexico. The cartels develop the drug, and then they pack it across the border into this country, and enough was uh, confiscated in June alone to kill everybody in the United States. And so how much got through? I mean, it's it's phenomenal, the amount of, of that stuff that's coming through. And it all is, is based on the fact that we have a border that is not uh, patrol. Well, our border patrol is doing all they can, but there is just there's this tidal wave of immigrants coming across the border, not just from Mexico, but from around the world. I mean, if you look at the news reports, you can see that they're interviewing people there, and they're from all over the place. They're from Africa. They're from China. They're from uh, you know um, India. They're from just everywhere in the world, and a lot of them are terrorists. Quite frankly, we picked up between 150 and 175 terrorists this year at the border. How many got through? We don't know, but we do know that there's between 25 and 30 terrorist cells presently in this country. So to have another nine one, you know, nine one one is is on the table because the cells are here to orchestrate it, to carry it out. Um, I'm not sure we know where all of them are, quite frankly, because obviously they've come across the border undetected and continue to either create or enlarge the cells that are here. So you talk about a mess. We've got a mess. And if you've looked at the their video on TV, the news reports, you can see that it's truly a tidal wave of people coming across, truly overwhelming the border patrol. Like 200,000 this month alone, which is like a record. Um, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And you're right. They're going across the country, all different places in the country, overwhelming the services everywhere they go because there are so many of them. Under Joe Biden's watch, we're now, I think, around 8 million new people that have come to this country across this border. Unbelievable. Well, I was just telling Ryan that, you know, St. Charles (laughs) County was the fastest growing county in the state of Missouri over the last decade. And that equated to about 60,000 people who moved to St. Charles in the last 10 years. And that's an amazing number of people when when you have a county and getting that many people in. But that is a week right now of our border crossing. So uh, somebody was was using the expression or, or using the numbers that had come in, I guess, over the last quarter, you would be creating a new Denver, Colorado population. 
every quarter in the United States if you look at the current flow that, that we have coming in. And I think that uh, Chairman Mark Green, the Homeland Security uh, Committee chairman, has talked about he's going to try and put the votes together to impeach Mayorkas when you guys get back. Do you think that's a, a realistic possibility? Yeah, well, I think so. I mean, uh, he has he has not done his duty. He has not defended. The, you know, he takes an oath to defend the country from foreign and domestic threats. You can't tell me that when they, whenever we have these terrorists that are coming across and are not being caught, that's not a threat to us domestically. You can't tell me that all of the 200,000 people coming across the border in one month is not a threat to our to our, our country. Uh, yeah, he's he's very likely to get impeached. Um, of course, all that is is an indictment. He got to send it to the Senate. And they hold they hold the trial. Uh, some people think when you impeach him, I'm going to kick him out. No, all you do is just kind of like an indictment with a with a criminal charge where we find there's enough evidence for him to be tried, send him to the Senate, and they have to try him, which because the Democrats control the Senate, he'll get he'll get he'll get get scot free here. But the bottom line is that some of this will come to light even further. Um, an, another uh, way of putting a shining light on this problem, you know, the governor of Texas now has, you know, his legislature has basically empowered him uh, by saying that illegals coming to the country now are committing a state crime as well as a federal crime. And so this allows them to be able to um, exercise some authority over this border. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's, it's horrible. I mean, I, the, the poor Border Patrol, no matter what we do, they are overwhelmed here because there's they're, they're, they're just no help behind them. Uh, they wind up being paper pushers because they've got to process all these people. And I've said for a long time what we need to do is have the, the military take a you know a three-month or a six-month uh, tour of duty at the border to back the Border Patrol up so they will not have to spend their time babysitting and doing paperwork uh, so that they can be freed up to be able to actually patrol the border and do their job. But um, that's one solution that's on the table that nobody's actually exercised yet, but it is out there. But um, it, it's a mess, Mike. It's a mess, and it's not going away as long as this guy is president because he he allows us to continue. Um, he's got his puppet in there with Mayorkas, and uh, we're going to continue to see this uh, for another 12 months for sure. It, it's one of those kind of things we're talking with Congressman Blake <laughs> Luchtemeyer. Uh, Missouri congressman, and just looking at the different policies that the Biden administration keeps coming up with, and you kind of you get to a point where you go, he can't do anything more dumb than what we've already done, and then it's like he he says, "Really, hold my beer," and here comes another one, and you and Senator Schmidt are teaming up on a bill that's going to block funding for this corrupt climate organization that they're putting together. And he's already said, I'm going to put another $3 billion into that. It, it's it's one of those kind of things that says, why do you not see what's important to the people of this country? And you keep creating problems or creating solutions to problems that we just don't think are problems. Well, this is the UN panel on and UN uh, Nine Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, and this is a, an, a group that we fund every year at the UN. And this group has been shown to have very, very little credibility. Uh, their, their, their their science is poor. It's been questioned by world-renowned climate scientists who say this is not true. What they're saying, um, you know, the climate's been changing for thousands of years. Uh, that's that's undeniable, and it's continuing to change today. 
the problem I have with what's going on and, and the science that they say is, is true is uh, that man it's man-made. And the science is not there to show that man is creating this problem. There's a lot of other extenuating things, such as uh, the solar flares from the from the uh, the sun that cause a lot of have a, it wreaks havoc on our on our weather, and these guys are not telling you about that. We also have these El Ninos in the in the in the ocean that wreak havoc havoc on our weather. They won't tell you about that. So the science is very very questionable, uh, and because of that, uh, I've been def- trying to fund them for years. Um, you know, I can't get I'm getting a House bill, but I can't get it through the Senate because of the Democrats over there. But uh, I want to continue to bring and highlight this, bring it up and highlight the fact that these people are are, are stealing money from us, basically, on the pretense that uh, they can fix the climate, which they can't. Uh, and th- therefore, let's let's find other solutions, other ways to deal with the climate uh, and find ways that we can improve it and protect it. But you, when Mother Nature does things, Mother Nature does things. I mean, you have to deal with it. Uh, to sit there and, and blame it on mankind is a way for them to control our economy and to control your, control your everyday activity. And you're paying for all this in many, many ways. And it's it's not, I think, what needs to be done. I think they're they're misleading the American public and the world public, for that matter. And you have John Kerry jetting around the world in his jet that causes all sorts of air pollution problems and then blaming on everybody else. That's the, the, the typical hypocrisy of this whole movement. And so, um, again, uh, it, it's it's interesting. Um, and then you wind up, I mean, I keep talking about it all day. I keep pulling other things into it. Here you're environmental and social justice folks. You know, there's lots of people now that, you know, for a while it was, it was very fashionable to invest in ESG things. Well, now they find out that ESG things don't make any money. And I was sitting down already two or three years ago, several years ago, in fact, and talking with stockbrokers, investment people, saying, tell me how this works. And they kind of laughed at me and said, well, said, well about 10% of the ESG companies actually make money. The rest of them all lose money. And most of those companies aren't even ESG companies. They just put it on their website to fool people into thinking that they're ESG compliant and invest in them. All it is is a statement on their website when they're not. And so it's a big, it's a big racket right now that's out there. And finally, um, I sit on a financial services committee, and I deal with this every day. I've been pounding on the investment companies, the Black Rocks and the vanguards of the world, as well as the big banks, telling them, you know what, you guys are misleading the American public with the way you're investing money, and you have fiduciary responsibility to tell them that there is not a, a good rate of return to be expected on ESG investments as well as the Chinese investments. The risk that they're taking here has got to be disclosed to them. Otherwise, you have fiduciary responsibility you're not being up to and have a huge problem from the standpoint of them being able to come back and sue you for them for you not telling them what the, the absolute risk is here. And I've been pounding on this and pounding on this for the last several years, and they're starting to get to the point where they're understanding they've got to disclose this. Even Larry Fink of BlackRock the other day made a statement. He said he's embarrassed by his ESG portfolio. Uh, it's not It's not working this is not something we need to be supporting. If people want it, they can they can purchase it, but they need to be disclosing it differently and explain to them you don't make money on this. So, uh, you know, again, it's 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 all tied together here. This is a whole big racket: investing, taking people's money, investing in things that don't make money. Um, and so, whenever that happens, 
I wonder who actually makes money off that. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> Congressman Luca Meyer, this is Ryan Wiggins. Uh, I just wanted to ask you before we run out of time here, you know, with, with so many of these issues, and especially with the border, I would say, we're hearing from prominent Democrats throughout the country, not in the House necessarily, but prominent Democrats, governors, and mayors of cities, who are, you know, they're tap dancing a little bit, but they're very critical of the way this border is being handled because of the outcome that they're having to deal with. When you are talking to your colleagues in the House, Republicans seem like they're all on the same page. Democrats, uh, are they are they publicly saying one thing, but behind the scenes, maybe they're like, yeah, we know this is a problem, or will they not even acknowledge that it's a problem? Well, you're getting some some Democrats from some of the border states, Texas in particular. Those those Democrats, they can't. They're, I mean, they're smart enough to look at the election results from last election when they're. We took a lot of seats there in Texas that have been Democrat seats for a long time based on the election issue. And they see that if they're going to have a political career, they're going to have to get on board with trying to find a way to, to thwart this, this problem down there. And that means they have to go against the, their, their own administration. So there's some of the, the Texas Democrats that are waking up. They're seeing the election results. Uh, our, we look, I, we're looking forward to the elections in Texas this next fall because – uh, and, and all these border states, because this is a disaster that's down there, and the people are ticked off yeah. like you can't believe, especially the Hispanic folks who have come in here uh, the right way, and now they see that their citizenship is being basically demeaned by this this influx of people, and as a result, um, there's a lot of people that are fed up with this, and we're going to see some nice swings toward Republicans in these in these uh, uh, states along the border. Hey, Congressman, I wanted to ask you about that real quick uh, before I let you go. I was seeing a story uh, earlier this morning saying 36 House uh, lawmakers are not going to run for reelection. They're blaming different things. But 23 of those are Democrat and 13 are Republicans. And the Democrats are saying they're not going to run because they don't feel with redistricting that their district is going to be friendly to them now. Do you feel and are you getting a, a feeling from the House that you're going to be able to gain seats in 2024? Well, you know, we're a year away uh, or 11, 10 months here, um, you know, Mike, and that's a, you know, that's a lifetime in politics. So I, 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 hesit- I hesitate to jump out there and predict a, a landslide for us. Um, because we do have some problems. Uh, the, the redistricting in New York is very problematic. We may lose three or four seats there. Redistricting in, in North Carolina is, is is to our benefit. We'll probably pick up two or three seats. California has been problematic. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, swing. The number of swing seats has or swing seats has decreased as a result of redistricting. It was the people generally considered it about 74. Now it's roughly about 51. And so the fight is over those 51 seats. And wow. so. Uh, that's that's what it comes down to. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I, I, I think that the environment could be good for us. Um, you know, people are fed up with Bidenomics. They're fed up with the border. Uh, they're fed up with um, the lack of leadership at the international level that we provided. I mean, we allowed uh, by the lack of strong leadership to entice or allow Russia to to go in unfettered into Ukraine. Israel is being attacked from two sides now, Hezbollah and Hamas, one from the north, one from the south. Iran behind the scenes playing games. China just met with, uh, and some of the, the conversations will disclose this last week, with Biden a couple of weeks ago and told him uh, he's, he's going to take over Taiwan one way or the other. And so all of these things are sitting here, I think, because we have weak leadership. 
And people, these, these, these dictators, they smell weakness. When they smell weakness, they know that they can take advantage of that and can, can make a lot of hay. So they're sitting here pushing this administration, and then this administration doesn't know how to push back. And so we have a real problem. And so that is in itself a huge issue that I think people are, are, are looking at. But you go back to Bidenomics, um, you know, the, 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 the latest statistics are that everybody – uh, in order to keep their, their, their same income or same uh, activities of spending for the same amount of uh, groceries and stuff you have, have to spend $1,000 more per month now than did two years ago. Wow. So in other words, if, if you bought the same amount of groceries, same amount of insurance, same amount of, of you know, gas for your car, whatever it is, it now costs $1,000 more this month than it did two years ago, just to stay even with where you were. People's incomes have not gone up $1,000 a month. And as a result, a lot of people are suffering today, and that's going to play into this this, uh, this campaign. I think we'll be in good shape, but uh, there's a lot of time to go. And remember, we're Republicans. We like to shoot ourselves in both foot, not just one. <laughs> I, I live that on a regular basis. <laughs> Congressman, I appreciate you taking some time right after Christmas. I hope you have a, a great time off. You get recharged. You get to spend some time with the family. And appreciate you fighting our battles in D.C. on a regular basis. And uh, always good when we get a chance to catch up. Always a pleasure with you uh, this morning, Mike and Ryan. And uh, you know, Merry Christmas to you and Christmas blessings. And uh, hope everything for the new year works out for everybody. And it's a peaceful year and a successful year. Uh, we're holding our breath on that. But, um, you know, we've got to hope that, that it can work out and, and work hard toward that end. And it's always my honor to be able to be with you guys. So thanks again. Take care. We appreciate it. Yeah. Take care. Congressman Blaine Luktemeyer, Missouri's 3rd Congressional District. Uh, I always love the opportunity when I get the chance to to talk to Blaine. He shows up at stuff on a regular basis, and he's just so real. Like when he comes to the chambers and and he'll do, uh, you know, an hour, hour and a half of taking questions with people, and people ask him things, and he's straight up, well, I'll tell you, this is how it really is. When I hear him talking about being on committees that are grilling Vanguard and BlackRock, I'm like, that dude's doing good work. Well, and and this guy knows his stuff inside and out. He's a guy that you want. Because one of the things you'll notice is Blaine Luktemeyer is not the guy who's always on camera somewhere. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't seek that kind of spotlight, but he's a guy who gets in the weeds, and, and he gets it all done. You know, a guy who also gets in the weeds is sitting next to me here, and we've got Wiggins America. Oh, my gosh, what a great transition that There you was. go. We are going to get into the weeds of Wiggins coming up on the other side. It's Mike Elam sitting in for Annie Friday Day, day after Christmas show. We are going to keep the wheels on the bus, and they're going to go round and round right here at 97.1 FM Talk. This is the Annie Fry Show. Excellent job. Uh, So what I'm talking about today in Wiggins, America, is something that I don't know why it happened, but it it was weird enough that we were sitting around at Christmas yesterday, and my mother-in-law goes, 
Tucker Carlson sat down with Kevin Spacey? And we all went, Why? what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, my job today, I knew on coming in, was I got to sit down and figure out what in the world was going on with this interview. Were you all aware of this happening? Not until you said it. Yeah. I well, of course Trish is, because she's up on everything. Yeah, Trish is go. here. And so, she, her mic's not on, but she's still here. It's so okay. we got Trisha, Leah, and oh, Drew, who have all joined, all joined <laughs> yeah. us for Wiggins America. Yeah, we got a full room. And full so room. I'm going to play a couple of clips from this interview, and I want to know what you guys think is going on. Here's the intro <laughs> as to why or how they set this whole thing up. Okay. Is there anyone in this country of 350 million people who could jump in at this late date and re-scramble the calculus of electoral politics? Well, there may be someone, and in fact, you already know him. You know his face. And the question is, will he get in this cycle? And that's my question for you. Well, that's really a decision for the people, Tucker. It's not something that I really think about or want to do. And Merry Christmas to you, too. But I've always believed that nothing should be off the table in life or in art. I think we could both agree that we need to get some adults back in the room. So if that means taking on the chief executive role, well, that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make for this great nation. Adults in the room. I love it. I can see there's a bumper sticker. Is that your campaign slogan? Well, that's not a bad idea. Okay. What in the world is going on? Because Tucker Carlson is interviewing Kevin Spacey as his character, I guess, yes. from House of Cards. Yes. So I've never watched House of Cards. Am I the only? Have you watched this show? I've seen. I saw some of House of Cards, but I didn't do all of it. Am I the only one? Has everybody else seen House of Cards? Never seen it. Yes, I have seen it. You have? Never Ru seen it. Never seen it. Okay, so it's about 50-50, so I don't feel too bad. So <clears throat> he's doing this character, which I can tell is a character just because he's doing the drawl. He's got the southern lawyer accent yes. that he well, is that using. Good, Thank yes, you very much. Exactly. And so I I'm going, okay, why is, why is this happening? <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, and they really, they, it's only about eight minutes long. They blur the lines between talking about the character and talking about Kevin Spacey as a person and Tucker Carlson as a person. Here's an example of that. You know, you and I have something in common, actually. Oh, yes. We both got canned by our network. True. But they actually <laughs> tried to kill you. Yes, but here we are, Tucker, bigger than ever. So looking back on all the drama, do you think that legacy media played a role in what happened to you? Look, I think they're trying to do their best to stay relevant. Look, platforms like X, I mean, you move information around so quick that everybody else is just playing catch up. Legacy media's diligence has turned out to be they just cut and paste what some trusted outlet does. I mean, look, this will be a good example. Watch how they report on this conversation. There'll be one or two headlines that get repeated over and over and over. I think actually if legacy media wants to survive, they're going to have to start slowing down. That's smart. I agree with that. By the way, do you watch Netflix anymore? Probably as much as you watch Fox. Fair. <laughs> right? Okay. Wow. So, I, I mean, what's real? What's happening in this? But he is, he, he's saying some things that we on the right tend to say. We're very critical of the mainstream media. Right. Kevin Spacey, as his character, is doing that. And the fact that he would even sit down with Tucker Carlson mm -hmm. is weird, right? Not it the, is. Not the strangest guest that Tucker Carlson's had on, let's be honest. I, who's stranger that comes um, to mind? <laughs> just think uh, Obama and... Uh, Has Obama been on Tucker no, Carlson? No, 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 no. Um, 
The guy that allegedly uh, hooked up oh, with Obama. was that? Yes, that was not too long ago. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I guess after Fox, he's had some interviews. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Drew's right. He uh. had a guy on who allegedly was with, and I'm using the word with. Uh, In for, an intimate setting. Yeah, oh, yeah. with. that's That was what the interview was, a guy that was with Obama. This is this is a podcast, not. This is after Fox. Okay. Yeah. So okay. My, my question for you guys, though, is that obviously Tucker Carlson regardless of what you think of him right. he's a smart guy mm-hmm. he he examines situations <clears throat> he knows how to kind of use his medium for specific purposes right so i'm going why in the world do you interview a guy who has a very sordid past now who pretty much everybody has written off now he says and and it, apparently it's true that there were no actual charges that went through against him that's why he's still free and you know none of the charges were and uh, he's not a criminal. Basically, he was let off on all mm-hmm. of those charges. They were proven not, not not guilty. So is Tucker doing this solely for attention? And because he knows that it'll just get people talking about him? Is I, Does he know exactly what he's doing? But he's doing some sort of 3D chess that everybody's yeah. talking about. Oh, he's got something else that's going to drop with this. I mean, what do you think? I think his theme is like interviewing people that have been canceled. So this kind of falls right in line with what what he's been doing, in my opinion. True. Nice, nice take. Does it change for you though if Kevin Sp- Spacey was found guilty? Well, then, then yeah, does a he? Bit. So because he's not guilty, you think Tucker is saying, "Hey, look, let's give everybody a second chance, no matter who they are, who is not found guilty of these heinous charges." I think he's probably interested in what uh, Kevin Spacey went through and just like sharing that story a bit. So. What do you think? I, I think it's strange all the way around, and uh, I, I don't I don't know why you would even bring him up to interview him. But I, I think I went too long with Blaine Luktemeyer and, <laughs> and cut off this conversation. No, no, you didn't. I mean, I really just didn't know if people were, A, aware of it, and B, what they thought of it, because I don't know myself. I don't know why it's happening. Can you do me a favor and circle back to this in in next hour? I do want to talk about that, because we're going to talk to Jim Carafano on the other side here in St. Louis's home for conservative talk, 97.1 FM Talk. Get more at 971talk.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 